But when we know what God's Word says, then we always have something to fall back on. And people who know me have heard me say time and time and time again, there is nothing that you can do when you've got the Word of God on your side, and He's fighting every battle for you. And uh, some people are making God bigger than their problems. And you can't make the enemy bigger than God because He is God Almighty, and there is nothing bigger than our God. So I want you to establish tonight, hopefully through some of these scriptures, that you're going to become a God thinker. And in these scriptures, I hope that you'll meditate on them because the Word does say to meditate on them day and night that you may prosper. And so I want you to talk to the Holy Spirit as I'm going to pray right now and invite Him to come in. Holy Spirit, I ask you to not only anoint my words, Father God, but send the Holy Spirit to empower those that are listening tonight and tomorrow and each day, Father God, that when they hear the Word of God, it will go and penetrate their innermost beings, that it will come into a place, Father God, to where it will empower them with the power that you gave them. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you, and I ask you to use me as a vessel tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, the says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so we've got to know what are we thinking about in our hearts because that is going to direct our, our goals of what we're going to do. We've got to think big. That's my first topic here is thinking big. Um, without thinking big, you're, you're trying to bring God maybe down to your size. And God is so much bigger. And you must think big to do God-sized things. God wants you all to do God-sized things. He wants you to be able to walk in the confidence of knowing who you are in Christ. And he's by your side. He's your, he's your battle axe. He's the one standing there with you. He's the one going before you and sending his warning angels to go before you and to cause these things to come about. Because he placed them in your heart so that you can go forth and do them. He didn't put them in your heart for you to sit on and watch somebody else do it. He gave them to you to do. And if everyone would step up to the plate and do their part, then you would be surprised what you can do because it says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. People say sometimes, well, Marilyn, can you do this or can you do that? And I said, yeah, I can do anything God calls me to do because God is the one who strengthens me. And so I don't doubt, I don't fear, I don't worry about it, but I just know that I know that I know that I can do it. And I have one example I was going to give y'all of a testimony of that very scripture. When I was in Israel, and I met a lady there who was Armenian, an Armenian lady. She took me through the old city, and we walked all the way from the Zion Gate, uh, excuse me, from the um, Zion Gate, all the way through the Armenian section, the, the Jewish section, the... Muslim section, the Christian section, out through the other gate and went down all these steps to do nothing but go all these steps all the way back up. There was about 150 steps straight up. You think I wasn't calling on my God to give me strength to endure that? 
I mean, that was the power of God that helped me do that. I could not have done that without him. And I wondered all the way up there, Lord, (laughs) I'm taking every step for you. Every step is you leading and guiding me. Every step of you is pumping blood into my feet and my legs and my body. And I just kept it going and kept it going and kept it going and kept it going. And when I got in that night, oh, man, my legs were just, mm, 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 you know. But that is the power of God that will give you whatever you need to do when you need to do it. And, and I just praise him for that. So remember, think big. And when you see something like that that looks impossible, know that with God all things are possible. Um, set your mind on things that are above and not things on this earth. That's in Colossians 3, 1 through 3. It was talking about that. And we have to set our mind ahead of time that we are not going to waver no matter what. No matter what comes your way, you're going to stand steadfast knowing that Jesus is with you. The Holy Spirit's going to empower you with everything you need. And, you know, God has already given you these promises. So because we know the promises, but if you don't know the promises, you don't know he's fighting those battles for you. And that's why it's so important that everyone be established in the Word. Go into the Word and let it pour through you and and bring you out of the darkness that maybe your mind has not been renewed in. Because everybody doesn't know everything about what the Word says. And so we learn Scripture by Scripture, uh, line upon line and precept upon precept. (laughs) For to be carnally minded, it says in Romans 8, 5 through 7, it talks about to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Uh, I... I heard someone say Sunday night at a house meeting, Marilyn, you don't worry about nothing. You're in perfect peace. And I said, that's right. I am in perfect peace because I'm spiritually minded to know that my life is in Christ. It's not in anything but him. I'm in peace because he is peace. And when I need peace, I call upon him. When the world comes at me and they say things and they do things that try to push me off of my place, of where I'm at, I call upon the Holy Spirit and I ask the Holy Spirit. He's living in me. And I just may say to him, peace, peace, rise up, peace, rise up, peace. I need you. I need you, Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, I get that peace of the Lord over me. And my joy comes back and I start laughing. I just can't get over how much I laugh with the Lord. Uh, My favorite thing to do with the Lord is laughing because... He, he does. He tickles me a lot. And uh, I know that God must do that because of, as a reminder, when I was a child, my daddy used to tickle me all the time. <laughs> so I think that that had something to do with that. I had a wonderful father. And then in Philippians 1.5, he talks about, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. One mind, one mind, one accord. Be in peace with God. Let that mind be in you. Let everything that Jesus did be in you. Well, how can you do that? Some people don't believe you can do that. But you can live the life of Christ every day. You can come against the things that come against you by just knowing who you are in Christ and walking in it. And it's not a proud spirit. It's not a haughty spirit. It's not a 
uh, pride that I'm better than you are because I can do this. It's not any of that. It's just knowing who you are in Christ. And by knowing who you are, you will never fail because God is always fighting the battles for you. So it doesn't matter what they say about you or what they do. Um, God is on your side and, and he's fighting the battles for you. If you want to change, you can change your thoughts. And I was listening to a song that came up on my iPad just strangely the other day. There's a change coming. Let it start in me. That song ministered to me so much, and I played it at the house for everyone, and it ministered to all of us because there is a change has come. The other day, it was still coming. But that change has come. The world in which we knew it a month ago is not the same world. Our city's not the same. Our churches aren't the same. Nothing is the same as it was. You know, God takes what them he meant for bad and takes it and uses it for his good. So whatever bad is coming out of this, there's going to be a lot of good come out of it. And I've seen so much good already coming to pass. So I have no doubt knowing that it's going to be a good thing when it's all over with and we look back. But it may take years to get to that place to see it. Because you don't always see it when you first get out of the battle, but you see it later when you look back. I, I said to him one time, it was good that I was afflicted, just like the scripture says. Because if I had not been afflicted, I would not have known the goodness of the Lord. And because I have been afflicted, I do know what it's like. I do know what it's like to, to lose everything that you own, uh, all your life savings that you've saved. Because I was one of the catastrophes in the first city downfall that happened years ago in 1992. And uh, what you saved for that rainy day to retire on <laughs> is no more. And that it is that away with a lot of people today. But be of good cheer because God restores everything better than what you had before. He is so faithful. What the enemy meant for bad, God's going to turn around something good. Maybe he wanted someone out there to learn a lesson that I had to learn. And that was learn how to trust in God and not yourself. Learn how to trust in his financial plan and not yours. You know, he says, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. And that is such a true statement. That is so true. God makes provision for everything that you need. So we need to get that mindset that Christ Jesus has. And then in Romans 12, 3, it says, For I say to you, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of themselves more highly than they ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Has your faith been enlarged to a great faith? Exercise it. God gave it to you to think like it. Faith grows when it's exercised. If you never exercise your faith, your faith probably is lying dormant and it's probably still the size of a mustard seed, tiny. But the more you exercise it, the more it grows. And if you don't exercise it, it never grows. You know, and, and it doesn't grow if you don't feed it the Word of God 
it, it won't grow if you don't get a relationship going with Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one will come to the Father except through him. And he wants you. He wants everyone out there. He wants everyone out there that has been disobedient to say, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. The second part of the message today is your dominant thoughts. What is dominating your thoughts? As you go forth, are they... Are they being misled? Are they being dragged off by the enemy? Are they being dragged off by what they say, what they say? Who are they? When he says something, he is the answer. He's the truth. What they say is subject to change. What they say will change if it doesn't agree with this. But do you believe in the dominant thoughts that you're having by... Have you already... Uh, made up your mind that whatever they tell you, you're going to accept. You're in trouble if you do that. You've got to take God's side and go to him and, and ask him, what should you do? Because God's word will give you the answer. What's in your soul will direct your dominant thoughts. If, if your innermost being is being fed by food only and not the spirit man, that's in your soul. And you're not feeding your spirit man with the word of God. What's in your soul? It's directing you to think a certain way. If you're feeding it with TV and books and internet and everything in the world that's dragging you away from God, then your spirit man is drawn up. It's drying up. And as it dries up, you feel lost. You feel like there's something missing in your life. And you can't quite put your finger on what it is. But it's your spirit man, your soul, is hungry for the Word of God. It's hungry for an encounter with God. It's hungry for more of the spirit life. Because the natural life will, will never give you what you're looking for. And everyone is looking for love in all the wrong places. But it's not there. It's not there. So are you God-centered? Are you, key, or are you looking for God in everything? Are you putting God as a bigger God than the mountain that you see? He says in Mark eleven twenty three, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatever so whatsoever he saith. And I saw this little writing, and it really got me. I wanted to be sure I said it tonight because I know that so many people this will minister to. God spoke to this man when he was reading this scripture. Jesus said to him, I have told my people they can. They can speak to that mountain. But what they say is, what they're saying is what they have. Are you speaking what they say? 
or are you speaking what you have? The Word of God says, speak what I say. If I say, speak to that mountain, be thy removed and cast into the sea, and you doubt not in your heart, you're going to have whatever you ask. But so many people are not asking God because they're not believing it. And, and so that, that, that hinders the body of Christ from going on, and it, and it stops the flow. And I got this today. You'll have to live with what you say. Because what you say over and over and over again, will not you will not be healed from it. If you say it over and over and over again, you're convincing yourself you have it, and you're speaking contrary to God's Word. So quit saying the things that they have labeled you with and tear down these labels. Tear them off of you and walk in the freedom of knowing that God is with you. Your problem is not bigger than your God. Just always remember that. When he gets too big for you, that, that enemy, when he gets too big for you, put him under your feet and put God back on the mountain because he is king of the mountain. <laughs> and he's the king I go to. When I need something, I run to my God. I'll shut myself down and I'll run to him. God, I need you. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. The woman said in the film, help me, Lord, I'm falling. <laughs> but I say, help me, Lord, I'm falling in love with you. <laughs> because that is where it's at, falling in love with the Lord and hunger and thirst for his word. Because it will never leave you if you meditate on it and, and partake of it. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. We want to know what God's will is for us. We want to be transformed. So if your thinking needs to be transformed, you need to get in the Word of God. I'm a broken record, and everybody that knows me these last 25 years says, Marilyn, that's what you always say. And I said, because until they do it, they're not going to have the victory that they're looking for. Victory comes in that. They want a quick fix by somebody else laying hands on them and speaking into them, hoping that they'll get something. But God wants them delivered. He wants them transformed in their mind. In Proverbs 16, 3, it says, Commit your work to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. you got to establish your thoughts. What, which direction are you going to go? When something is said to you, what's your first dominant thought that's going to come? Is it going to be God, or is it going to be fear? Or is it going to be, you know, what are you going to succumb to? What are you gonna, what's the next words coming out of your mouth? In 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, casting down arguments and every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing in every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Obeying what God says is so key to our walking out our faith every day. We've got to establish and quit trying to argue with what God says. I've, I've come to the conclusion within the past couple weeks Gosh, it took me a long time that if you don't believe, I can't help you. 
I just can't help you if you don't believe it. And, and why did it take 30 years of ministry to figure that out? Um, I've taught on it, I've taught on it, and I've taught on it, and I've taught on it. But if you don't believe it, uh, everything I say is going in one ear and out the other because you're not receiving it in your heart. And it's your heart that's going to direct what your thoughts are going to have. It's your heart where the Word of God is. When you meditate on it, it's going to transform your mind. And until you do that, you're not going to have the victory that you're really wanting. And I want to see the body of Christ so much uh, in freedom like I received. Um, And it only comes through casting down those arguments when they come. Don't entertain them. Don't entertain them. If somebody tries to argue with you, um, just let it go. Just let it go. The third one is capable thoughts. So we've already started thinking big. We've had dominant thoughts. And now we've got capable thoughts. You say, well, what is that? (laughs) Do you believe that you're capable of doing what God's Word says you can do? It's that simple. The strength for what we do flows out of what we think or believe we are capable of doing. Do you think that you're capable of doing something? If you're not, then go to God and let him tell you. Because he will. Because he wants you to know that he's faithful. And he wants to take you to that place with him. Your strength to climb those steps in Jerusalem came from the Lord. Because he gave me the strength to know that I was capable of doing it as long as I said, Jesus, 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 all the way to the top. But without that name, I couldn't have done it. (laughs) But that was so good. In Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the scripture. I think it's one of the first ones I learned when I first got into the Bible. He says to meditate on these things. Uh, in Philippians 4, 8, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure or lovely or of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And uh, what people are meditating on, I'm seeing, are the things that the television says. That's what they're meditating on. You need to spend more time in your word and worshiping God than you are watching the TV. Because if you don't, you're going to get so imbalanced that you're not even going to be able to handle it. You're not even going to be able to handle it. Um, in Second Timothy 1.7... God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Do you know how much power you have inside you, the Holy Spirit that is in you to empower you with strength from on high, to give you courage when you need courage, to cast down fear when you need to cast it down, to walk in the, the um, ways of God when you don't know how it's going to happen? You have to walk out your faith. And, and so just knowing that you're capable of doing it, it's because of who lives in you. It's not because of who you are, but it's who lives in you. 
And uh, in James, it talks about that uh, virtue is a gift of God. And he gives that to everybody. And it's a good gift. It's a perfect gift. And it comes from God. So he'll give you these things, but you've got to start thinking maybe more on what's what's really true, what things are really noble to talk about. Don't be talking about all the things that everybody's trying to get you to talk about. It's so easy to come into agreement with people when they have things they want to say and they they want you to agree with them. And I have a testimony about that because I had a lady, she <laughs> happened to have been a pastor's wife, <laughs> and she kept saying things to me on the phone, and I kept agreeing with her. And then one day when I hung up the phone, the Holy Spirit said to me, what did you just come into agreement with? And I said, oh, my goodness, I did. You'll have whatever you say, whatever you come into agreement with. And she was saying, Marilyn, I don't understand why you're struggling so much. And I'd say, I don't either. That was agreeing with a simple statement that she made. But I said, oh, Lord, I rebuke that statement, and I repent, and I am never going to come into agreement with it again. So after that, I told her, I said, I've got to tell you something. You know every time you used to say this? And she said, yeah. And I said, and I used to say, yeah, I don't understand either. I was trying to agree with you, and I, I am not going to agree with you ever to say that to me again. Because it was putting into motion exactly what was being said. People don't think you can, you can cause your destiny based on what you say, but I'm here to tell you, you sure can. You sure can. <clears throat> Remember, help is on the way. Um, we've got to put God thoughts in our heads because God sees your potential and the enemy is trying to rob you of it. You can do it. You can do it. You've got a plan. Because God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to give you a future and a hope, plans to prosper you. And he's got a plan for you. And he wants to fulfill that. And um, if we look at some of the stories in the Bible and I'm just going to hit and miss on a couple of them, we see in history how God did things as an example of how he goes about fixing things in our life. Um, the first one I was looking at was in Second Chronicles 20, and this was the story <coughs> where um, Jehovah... Jehoshaphat, I said it right before I got up here, <laughs> Jehoshaphat, <laughs> thank you, Lord, victory, uh, gave a victory over Moab and Ammon on Mount Seir. He says in Second Chronicles 20, verse 9, if disaster comes your way, and then in verse 12 he says, but our eyes are upon you, in verse 15, he says, do not be afraid or be dismayed because of this great whatever virus, we'll call it today. For the battle is not yours, but God's. And then in verse 16, direction from the Lord tomorrow. He's always going to give you the next step. 
Then in verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. The Lord is saying you won't have to fight in this battle. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. In verse 18, bow your head, face down, and worship the Lord. In worshiping, in obedience to his word that he gave to you. If God gave you a word, worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Then stand up and praise the Lord with God with a voice loud and high. That's in verse 19. And then in verse 20, 20, it says, And in the morning they arose early and went out. He said, Hear me, all you. Believe, believe, believe. I'm going to say it again. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. So they began to sing and praise, and the Lord set up ambushes against the people to fight each other, and they utterly killed and destroyed themselves against each other, and Judah saw all their enemies dead. You know, God God has a way of turning the enemy against himself. And I saw that when I started seeing this virus. I thought, hmm, wonder how many people would... I wonder how many people might have been our enemies. <laughs> I wonder. Not saying nothing. I wonder... God has uh, deliverance through our praise. So if we keep praising him and we sing with expectation, then he will fight for us and our enemies will be defeated. In uh, Joshua 6, it talks about the destruction of Jericho. And uh, <clears throat> he said in verse 2, See, I have given you Jericho into your hand, its kings and the mighty men of valor. In verse 3, March around the city six days. In verse 4, and the seven priests shall bear the seven trumpets and ram's horns before the ark. And the day, the seventh day, march around seven times, and the priests shall bow to the trumpets. And then in verse 5, it says, When they made a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat. And all the people shall go up, every man straight before him. You know, if God has called you to do this work, march around something, he will tell you how to do it. He'll give you his plan. It may seem foolish to you, but they always work if you'll obey by faith. Obey this principle of faith and obedience. There's a lot of times God has me do things. I have no clue why I'm doing them. I have no clue. But I figure it out later when I look back. That was the reason I was sent where I was sent. And I just didn't even know it at the time. Then in Judges, it talks about Gideon's, you know, the the success of knowing and obeying God in in that um, situation. In Joshua 1.8, also had to do in Judges, where only 300 men out of 22,000 that started out 
to um, fight the armies. Um, 10,000 stayed, and then it was too many, so he moved it all the way down to 300 people. And you would never think that an army of 300 could come against hundreds of thousands of troops. You would never think that. But in God, all things are possible because he takes what we think we can't do, and he does it to show that he's God. That's the same thing with this virus. I believe I said that here. Uh, Pastor Goodluck had, had, had us pray over this nation and, and the nations of the world against this virus. And I got a word that Sunday as soon as he got through doing that prayer. Um, and the word was, as quickly as this virus came, as quickly as it will go. And what a word. What a word to get. And the week before, I was looking at my TV and I saw these maps. And I noticed that all these countries throughout the world were having um, the virus, except for Africa and South America. And so I told the girls at my house, I said, you know, that's really strange. What do they have that we don't? And I really remember saying, and one of the girls, I confirmed it yesterday. I said, you know, they have to have malaria shots to go to Africa. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. And I don't know about South America because I don't know anybody that's been there. So ask him. So I asked Pastor Goodluck, and he said, those countries pray. They won't stand for this. Prayer, prayer, prayer works. Prayer and sitting still and meditating on the word of God, asking him, what's going on in the world? What's going on in these nations? And God gives a prophetic word that will help find the truth to what we need to know about. There is a time to pray about a problem, but there's also a time to get up and deal with it. And everybody needs to get up and deal with their problems. They're relying on somebody else, and God wants them to stand up, fight that battle, and know that he's in the battlegrounds with you. He's going to take over, and he's going to bring you out. And then... Uh, there's so, there's so many scriptures that I had, you know, with David uh, running into Goliath, but the Lord was with him. It looked impossible. There's Daniel in the lion's den. My goodness, if you're in the, the um, what do you call it, the arena with a lion, and you think you don't have any way out, did he have to exercise his faith? Absolutely. He knew his God, though. He knew who God was. David knew who God was when he went up against Goliath. So it doesn't matter your statue. doesn't matter how short you are, how tall you are, how big you are, or otherwise. God will use you to meet his need wherever it is. Um, I want you to start looking at laughter more. A married heart doeth good like a medicine. And we've got to get out of so much seriousness and get into some laughter because laughter will bring forth whatever it is you're in need of. And because of that, I know that God is able to deliver us. Learn to laugh at the enemy when it speaks to you. Somebody called me one day on the phone. I'm talking years ago. And they said, uh, 
they were telling me their problem. And it was not unusual for them to call me and tell me their problem. And I said, well, praise God. And she said, why do you say that? And I said, praise God for another opportunity to show himself strong in you. You don't know how many opportunities God gives you to show that you're strong and you can come through this. You just don't need to fall into the trap of what they're saying. You need to stay where God says you are. I remember reading a book many, many years ago when I first got touched by the Holy Spirit, a book by Tommy Tenney about God chasers. And I was a God chaser. But I found him. I didn't know what I was going to find, and I didn't know what I was going to get. But I'm so thankful that I chased after him, and I say, he found me. No, I found him, or whatever it was, we found each other. And I found the truth. And I, I look back at my years of growing up, and as a little Catholic girl at the altar, at the things where you went down to get communion, kneeling down, I'll never forget talking to Jesus all the time as a child, never realizing that was setting in motion something for later. Because getting on your knees before the Lord is very humbling, and if you don't do it, you need to start doing it, because it'll break off some of those strongholds that Satan's had to try to shoot you with to keep you from going. Uh, I've got more, but I think that I'm ready to wrap up, because... Everything that I really had here, I, if I go into these other topics, we'll go on lengthy. And so many other people here have touched on these over the last six months. Uh, because the mind, body, soul, and spirit uh, theme has run pretty strong in our society. And we all pretty much know about that. But you got to watch, what, who are you feeding? Are you feeding just your flesh or are you feeding your spirit? To become a God thinker, you got to feed your spirit. you got to feed your spirit. And you can only do that with the Word of God. So if you feel like that things are not going the way they should, you're not feeling like you're getting to the place where you want to go, the Lord would say to you today, be still and know that I am God. And I'll meet every need. Think like me. Think big. Get out of the place where you've been. And open up your heart and your mind to be receptive to me. For I do know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And I want to take you higher. I want to take you to that mountaintop. I want to show you the place where you can prosper and be in health. And you'll see your enemies defeated. So I ask you, be of good courage. Stand in the midst of adversity. Stand praying over the situation in our nation. But refuse to let the enemy rule in your heart. Refuse to let him take hold of you. And walk in the fullness and the joy that the Lord gives you. Don't be carnal-minded, but be spiritually minded. Know that God is with you, and don't let your emotions take over you. And walk in the confidence of knowing who you are in Christ. 
for you are a child of God. And in no way is he going to cast you out. So I thank you, Father, that you bless each household. I ask you, Father God, to reveal to them whatever it is you want to show them that they could be working on during these weeks that they're going to be at home. I thank you, Father, that they have an opportunity to sit around a table together with their children, to open the Word of God, to learn how to be a family that eats together, prays together, and let it transform their their lives. I thank you, Father, that when they go back to school this next season, that the children will be children of God to take over this world because of what they're going to do during this season. So we thank you and we praise you, Lord. To God be all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.